1: What is going on everybody? Welcome to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all the basketball. I am Taylor Call. I'm joined as always by my guys, Dion Franklin, BJ Johnson. What's good, fellas?
2: What's happening? What's happening? What we doing, how we doing? Boys, there's an
1: emergency. These are dark <laughs> times indeed. We have a missing person in the NBA. Put out an APB, Amber Alert. Where is Kyrie Irving? <laughs> missing in action. No one knows where he is. No one's been in touch. I myself have texted him several times, not responding to me either. It's, it's dark times. It's, oh my goodness! This man has been crazy. like crazy.
3: We we have I mean, some more. Maybe the... we should be able to find him.
1: Yeah, I know. Get some satellites <laughs> up.
3: Nobody knows where yeah. he is,
1: other than the you know occasional Zoom call with people who are not the Nets. Um, <laughs>
3: During a Nets game.
1: We might finally, finally have the final chapter in the Houston drama. We're going to talk about James Harden. First, we're going to talk about Kyrie. Don't you worry. Yeah. We're going to talk yeah. about the drama leading up to the trade. <clears throat> we're going to talk about the trade. Like... I feel bad because we've already talked about James Harden and Kyrie Irving, but I mean, what are we going to do? Like not talk about Kyrie Irving and not talk about James Harden? (laughs) Like these guys have overshadowed the NBA the entire week. That's all anybody can talk about. And that's all of the big news this is like um, the ending
2: to like a trilogy or something it was like the last yeah, episode this, of yeah Star
1: this is Wars. like a three-part yeah <laughs> this this is a series It's this is turning into like you know an hbo like mini-series this is like episode five at this point yeah it never ends and now they're in the same place yeah oh. but first let's give out Fun some. Time. we gotta talk about some covid protocols as well that's mm-hmm. It, it, it's so weird to think that we're well into the regular season and nobody is talking about games. Games yeah. have been thoroughly uninteresting. It's all been Harden. It's all been Kyrie. It's all been COVID protocols. Kind of weird yeah. weird times we're living in.
3: Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely.
1: But before we get to all the drama, before we get to Days of Our Lives NBA edition, let's give out <laughs> some awards. We yeah. got to give out our Hoopers of the Week and our Good Hustle Awards. Deion, who are you giving your Hooper of the Week to? All right.
2: I'm giving my Hooper of the Week to a guy that is on a team. Again, like last week, to a guy that's on a team that's been losing. But I have to give props where props are due. And that's Zach Levine from the Chicago mm. Bulls. He has been hooping out of control. We've seen his spurs in the past and, uh, he's been keeping it up this, this year. He had a game with 38, seven and seven, and six on back-to-back games. He's definitely my Hooper of the week. And, um, I really hope that he can turn that franchise around.
1: I'm going to stop you right there. No, he cannot turn that team around. I mean, You're you're absolutely right that he, I feel like this has been a while now. Like, I don't know why people aren't talking about Zach Levine. Like he's been balling out like all of last year, like this year, he's been out of control. Mm -hmm. I think like people just keep expecting his game to be capped and like him just to not take it to the next level. Like, okay, this is as good as it gets. And like for Mm -hmm. three years in a row, he's broken that ceiling and just keeps hooping. Been.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean he's been
1: averaging what twenty eight five and five
3: this year. Yeah, twenty eight. He's just a bonus of shooting guards. Yeah. He's just a bonus of shooting yeah. guards. People oh, just yeah. sleep on him too much.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know what this guy got to do to get some respect. And
2: he did it against the two LA teams. Like he had thirty eight on the Lakers and forty five on the Clippers. You know who? those your Minnesota
3: have? wants him back.
2: hey Come on now, you, you think? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, Minnesota would like that that j- trade back. Nah, they would sure. probably play
1: Malik Beasley over him anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they Very didn't funny. trade him for much, right? He was part of the Jimmy Butler trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They he was just like a piece in it, like mm-hmm. and yeah, and just obviously a Jimmy Butler is well say. gone. So and another stellar move by the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> That's why they're once again contending for a title. Um <laughs> My Hooper of the Week. My Hooper of the Week is a guy that we previously roasted, so we got to we got to turn around and make things right. Not me. I, I didn't roast him. I didn't roast him, but we I'm talking about Christian Wood this year. Christian Wood has mm. been all in out down in Houston. Like, first of all, his story is really awesome. It's really captivating. He completely undrafted. Was just like working Before he got the call, had to grind it out in the G League for a hot minute before he was able to get a spot on the Pistons and like made the most of his opportunity. And it's just, you know, he got his contract this year and he's just been absolutely balling out for the Rockets amid all the distractions. He's kind of been the steady piece in Houston to kind of hold them together. So this year he's averaging 23 points a game, shooting 53% from the field to go with 10 rebounds a game. Absolutely balling out, and so oh. I I definitely got to give him some love.
2: You know who he reminds me of? At least his story, his story, Hassan Whiteside, same exact thing. he have been hooping in the he was hooping in the YMCA and then he considered G League and then makes the the Miami Heat team. So so
1: you're trying to say that Christian Wood's going to be buried at the end of the King's bench in a couple years? Is no, that what you're that's saying? not
2: what I'm saying. I'm saying he reminds me of that. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> at least his up, upbringings, you know. But I like that pig. He, he actually has been hooping like crazy. Too bad that he's on the Rockets, though, <laughs> which are yeah, underperforming man. even my expectations. I, I had them 13th <laughs> and they're, they're 14th. Well, it,
1: it's, it's always nice to see again the NBA beat the odds because you see these stories in football, like quite a bit of like, you know, a guy that nobody believed in. But in the NBA, it's supposed to be super obvious, right? Like with yeah. the draft, it's supposed to be super clear. You yeah, know, not often do even second round picks, let alone undrafted guys, you know, even make an impact. And so it's good to see him. Making a big difference in and, and hooping amid the distractions in Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I gotta agree. Um, Christian Wood is a very good player in terms of just like one you wouldn't expect because no one was really talking about him. And when he got signed, everybody was kind of thinking, like, what are the Rockets even doing? Yeah. But he's he's turned out to be a very efficient player. And I think like had Harden stayed, they might have developed like that a good pick and roll chemistry. He's a very good lob catcher and he has good hands around the rim. So um, I actually think the Rockets got a steal and he could be like, not their franchise guy going forward, but you could kind of build something with him for sure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a great pick. I didn't think about him, honestly.
1: I mean, the sample size is small, but thus far he has played like the franchise player in Houston. He's been better than John Wall. He's been better than Boogie. He's looked like the best player on that team. So I don't know. Maybe he is the franchise guy at this point. Oh, yeah. And what a quick turnaround yeah. for him because last year he was basically
3: like a two-way player. Mm-hmm. With the Pistons, right? Yeah.
2: Is he a contender okay. for most improved or no?
3: Honestly, yeah, at this I rate, so, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not even sure how that works. Like, or Jeremy really Grant. He's right. Him and Jeremy Grant yeah. are right up there.
1: Yeah. 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 Jeremy yeah. Grant, Jalen Brown, Christian Wood. Zach yeah. Probably yeah.
3: Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton's got to be up. in there for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All our guys are
2: probably out of the race at this point. Yeah, <laughs> they don't turn, I think they, I'm, they I think I'm jumping ship by Marvin Bagley already. Yeah, on, was gonna say, I was going to say, we still take Marvin improved. Bagley. Like DeAndre Aiden has been extremely <laughs> underwhelming, and I'm really disappointed. But Yeah, not a, not a great
1: pick on my part. <laughs> my but I said at the <laughs> time I was going out on a yeah. limb. All right, v- Hooper, who's your week? Hooper of the Week?
3: My Hooper of the Week, I am taking CJ McCollum. Um, I think over the past couple of weeks or really this season, he's been kind of showing why he's been slept on as an all-star. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly think that this is the year people will kind of put a little bit more respect on his name. Just the other night, he had a like a crazy combination of moves against the Raptors to kind of win the game. Like the trailblazers put the ball in his hands instead of James, But, um, mm-hmm. I think people got to just – like we were saying with Levine, like it's kind of time to put a little bit more respect on C.J. McCollum's name. And you kind of saw in the bubble, like the play-in games against Memphis, he really carried them home, basically. Uh, He kind of walked John Moran down every time and scored on him and told everybody, like, he can't guard me, which is literally like the case for anybody who guards C.J. McCollum at this point. Like, you really can't guard that man. So, yeah, I think C.J. is going to have – I think he's going to have a breakout season, honestly, too, at the rate he's going.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's averaging what? 30 points a game? 28? Nearly. Yeah. 21 games in a row. Like, definitely. Yeah. Really-
1: I mean, we, we all said going into the season that CJ McCollum was underrated and he mm-hmm. is playing like that. Like, I think he's finally fully healthy.
3: Yeah. I think he's key. been
1: nicked up for a few years now and he looks like he's fully healthy and he is absolutely hooping. Mm-hmm. Although I think it's fair to say that a lot of that is from increased intention on Damian Lillard, but that doesn't make him converting on that I think any less impressive. Mm-hmm. The
2: the, yeah, that, the thing that the thing that is most impressive to me is his been shooting because he's been shooting almost fifty percent from the field and forty three percent forty four percent from the three. That's insane for somebody that shoots that much, and he's been developing even his passing because he had he just had a double double twenty eight and ten, so definitely been hooping i like that pick yeah couldn't agree more
1: let's get out some good hustle awards bj your good hustle award winner for the week
3: um this guy here what can you say about this man um honey buns harden um i think james harden perennial all-star uh perennial platinum costco club member um like there's not too much you can say about him other than he's had a hell of a week Um. He forced slash ate his way out of Houston, if you will. <laughs> um,
1: oh,
2: man. I, yeah,
3: when it comes to hustle of the week, or in this case, lack thereof hustle, um, there's, I just it's just too many superlatives. But uh, the James Harden saga in Houston just kind of made me want to give it to him for this week, especially the way he was playing. I think mm-hmm. the last four games, he didn't reach the threshold of 20, and he hasn't done that since he was a six-man OKC. So the lack of effort really on the court is kind of what made me lean towards James Harden, more so than any of the drama was just the lack of respect for the game, kind of like Mm -hmm. not even really trying, just kind of walking around, moping around. If he's not dribbling 30 times, he kind of is standing there. So I don't know. James Harden was kind of my easy choice this week. Oh, yeah. I 1 million percent agree.
2: He's just been toying with the Rockets this past week and extremely disrespectful disrespectful in my eyes because you know you're a professional you're there just hoop until you they trade you
3: hold on uh, hold
1: on we'll we'll get to harden we'll get yeah, to harden right. don't right. don't you worry yeah. right. oh don't but worry definitely def- right. def- def- definitely flip. a des- a deserving recipient of the good hustle award <laughs> <laughs> Dion
2: Okay so my good hustle award goes to a rookie and deservingly so because he has not been hooping. And that is the number one pick, Anthony Edwards. This man <laughs> played 35 minutes total off the bench in the last two games, went one for 15 from the field, and went 0-8 in a game. Scored two points in two games as the number one pick nice. in, a, in the last team in the league. This is the worst team in the league, and they have the number one pick, and he can't even put up numbers. This is ridiculous. What a fucking waste of a pick, of a first pick. Wolves, what are you doing? What do you guys think? What they
3: always do.
1: Yeah. That's a, yeah a- just Anthony, <laughs> a- Anthony Edwards, Tony, if you will. Um, he's been playing a lot like okay. he did at Georgia.
0: <laughs> he's
1: had some good moments. Like, he had a game of, like last week where I think he had like 25, looked pretty good. And then, just like at Georgia, he'll just disappear for games at a time and make absolutely no impact and look mm-hmm. horrible doing it. And, like, if you're going to make it in the NBA, I don't know how you can do that. Yeah. He's just been looking lost. Even, like, the
2: mistake that he had the, at the end of the game the, the other day in San Antonio. Like, he he's been th- three <laughs> and you drive, dude. What are you doing? Do you yeah, he's, been like lie, on eh? he's been <laughs> bad on defense. He's been bad on defense.
1: Yeah. He looks yeah. lost. He looked yeah, lost.
2: Completely lost. So yeah, I had to. It's hard. It's hard to
1: say because like he's shown flashes
2: of Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. of
1: upside. You know, like if he kind of puts it all together, he'll be really dangerous. But then his his floor is so much lower than the other top picks. Like yeah,
3: he He reminds me of Michael Beasley. Kinda Mm -hmm. yeah, like super potential, but like can't put it all together. Then start thinking we can access ten percent of our brain and. (laughs) All kinds of
1: other stuff. I mean like when when you go down the list with ability wise, there's nothing he really can't do. You know, he's shown flashes of being able to defend, of being able to shoot, being able to drive and finish, Mm -hmm. but he just kinda doesn't a lot of times. And so like exactly it's it's hard to it's hard to say. Yeah, lack of effort, that's for sure. Yeah, that's what it kind of looks like. So Definitely, I'm, I'm with you on that. So far, very up and down. Very mm-hmm. inconsistent.
2: Good hustle, kid. Good hustle.
1: Good good hustle, good hustle out there, Tony. <laughs> Tony. All right. My recipient of the Good Hustle Award actually goes to multiple places. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we're going to get into the James Harden trade. All the major outlets are who's winning, who won the trade, who lost the trade. And let me tell you who actually lost that trade. And it's not either any of the teams involved. My recipient for the Good Hustle Award goes to every strip club in the greater (laughs) Houston area. The amount of revenue that just walked out the door cannot be calculated. We're talking bottle service. We're talking private rooms on a daily basis. Like... There's going to be a serious dip in the adult entertainment industry in Houston as a result of James Harden going out the door like they'll get a nice little bump twice a year, but the amount they, of back, revenue, and... they just lost like several will no doubt go out of business now. This is a major issue.
2: He, he, might really still, is know, MVP.
1: He, he really might, is the
2: MVP. He might still make some donations every now and then, you know, from <laughs> his, afar. His
1: name is literally in the rafters of several establishments in Houston. Literally. <laughs> Look you know how up. much of a,
3: it's a there. goat you have to be to get your name hung in a strip club before an arena? That is goat status. I, that.
1: Goat. Literally his name is in the rafters there. And I'm dead serious. The amount of revenue some of these places just lost cannot be calculated mm-hmm. in simple in simple dollars oh. and cents. And so Houston, I feel for you. You're just out there hustling trying <laughs> to make a living. And it just got a lot harder. So and, hustle. and the real winner of the trade is as a result the nightclub. Scene in Brooklyn mm-hmm. to all the strippers out there, you just got a massive bonus in the greater, yeah. near, in the greater Tri City area. Start
3: working on your
2: game, Start working on on your game because that's like, oh, coming. Their status
1: a giant stimulus check just came to town. So, <laughs> a bearded <laughs> stimulus check, a bearded in, stimulus check coming, coming your way to a club Beard, near you. You better start working overtime, because if you're not on shift when he comes in,
3: you're gonna oh, miss I didn't out. I'm get Christmas, so. Christmas twice in Brooklyn. I, I know it. I know. Another it. guy with a beard delivering gifts. Oh.
1: <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so I'm sure he's gonna frequent many of the local establishments <laughs> and see which one he likes. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm calls. sure he'll i'm sure i'm sure he'll be way too busy practicing right to you know actually make it out and oh yeah for sure check check yeah. out the scene but you know if he makes That's it out team. he's probably already if he finds time <laughs> um, i I, th- I think they're going to be making some good cheddar so but houston sorry you know the the cuts are the cuts are coming but what do you do? You knew it was gonna happen at some point. Oh, well. I like that pick. I love that good hustle word.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the
1: the true loser of the trade.
3: Nobody's talking about them.
1: They're they're just an afterthought, forgotten. So, I they I deserve. wanted to make sure they deserve they a shout get, out. That they get the recognition.
0: <sighs>
1: All right. We can't <laughs> avoid it any longer. Kyrie Irving. Where the hell is Kyrie Irving? He's been on my milk carton for days, okay? (laughs) If If for some reason you're under a rock and you haven't been following this, Kyrie Irving decided to step away from the Brooklyn Nets for, quote, personal reasons, unquote. (laughs) But it's come to light in the following days that he just kind of didn't feel like playing, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's been eight games. I guess he's deserved a break. I mean, he already had a rest day (laughs) among those eight games, so really seven games. Mm -hmm. And so he just kind of just – I don't know if he told somebody. I mean, typically this is what's known as a no-call, no-show. Didn't travel with the Nets, still hasn't played. When Steve Nash was asked about it the next day, everyone was asking, where's Kyrie? He's like, I don't know. He's been blocking our calls and whatnot. So this is kind of awkward. Yeah, very know. awkward.
2: I mean, you have the NBA M- investigating on this. Like, he definitely didn't tell anybody. Yeah, apparently
1: showing up at some other places. There was a Zoom call with a district attorney. um There's been rumors that he stepped away for social justice reasons, because <laughs> as as Bullshit. a as a way to. <laughs> I'm trying to get through, Dion. I'm trying to get through this. You're not helping me. <laughs> I'm... Um, as a result of the Capitol riot, apparently he stepped away, has been one of the rumors and the verdict in the Breonna Taylor case, I guess. So, thoughts on Kyrie Irving? Oh, there's a lot of thoughts on Kyrie
2: Irving. (laughs) The thing that I am most shocked about, the fine that he's about to get, because they're saying that he's going to get a million and a half in fines. The thing is, that won't matter if he – if the Nets literally revoke their contract with him because that's a possibility because he's just not showing up. There's no reason for him to, like, still keep keep getting paid. I, I, I'm at a loss of words. I've never seen this before in my life in any sport, to be honest. You just
3: leave and don't even say anything. About right for Kyrie. You know, if you tell me to come somewhere with you and then you – don't show up doesn't that feel like you just set me up and mm-hmm. I feel like that's what Kyrie just did to KD he said bro mm-hmm. um let's go to Brooklyn but I'm not coming I'm gonna be there but I'm really not gonna be there <laughs> like that's exactly what he just did to KD I feel like mm-hmm. he threw KD under the bus a little bit and I feel like Brooklyn really never wanted Kyrie like they wanted Kevin Durant Initially, but they were like, "Okay, I guess they're a package deal. So if we got to take him, you know, we'll have to get you." It's like when you go to the bar with your guy, and your guy don't look the best, and you with two girls, and you're like, "Hey, man, like, let's go over there and talk to them." And she's like, "No, he's not. He's not all that." So you're like, "Oh, come on, man, my man over there looking good." That's kind of what it's like right now. It's like (laughs) you really didn't want to bring your guy to the bar, but you brought your guy to the bar. Now he's just acting wild. Like that's what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. Um. But to be, like, serious, and I think Stephen A. said it the best. Like, if basketball making millions doesn't make you happy, like, you, he should retire. And yeah. I hate to say it because I used to love watching him play, especially at Duke, early days in Cleveland. Still now, like, the man is just what, – what he does with the basketball is masterful. But I think the Nets have to give him the Brett Favre ultimatum. Like, dude, either you in or you out. Like – You can't Mm kind of just show up when you want to and not tell us where you're at or what you're going to do. And another thing about Kyrie, he's a very like philanthropic guy with his money and his time. I think his heart definitely is in the right place on some of this stuff. It's like everyone, social justice, like what's going on in the world. I think everybody's like, that's on their mind, but the method He's going about it. It's just like it's not the right way. Like it's just very unprofessional. And I feel like that above anything else is the issue with it. No one is like faulting him for caring about these things. Mm -hmm. But it's like if you're going to be on a Zoom call while your team's playing, at least let them know that like this is why this is where my head is. This is why I can't Mm -hmm. give you all my effort right now. But no, Kyrie would rather just kind of be mystical and mysterious and just kind of walk away from it all. But, like, my, my end thought is, and like I said, Stephen A. put it the best, like, dude, just retire. Mm-hmm. If your head is that far away from basketball and, like, your mental space is not good, don't play. Because Kyrie wouldn't have to play another game for the rest of his life, and he would still have enough money to be fine, just fine. Because he has Uncle Drew money that came in, and he's getting Nike money. Like, mm-hmm. those things are always going to be there. So if basketball isn't on your heart right now, like, I would say just retire because all yeah. he's doing – it's just making it an awkward workspace. And then you putting KD through this. And KD, like, is your boy. Like, I would think, if anything, if I told you to come here and hoop with me and we can win a title, but I'm not going to hoop with you. I'm kind of going to desert you and then, like, leave you, like, hanging. Like, I just feel like Kyrie, is just a bad look for him. His heart's in the right place, but the method to the madness just does not make sense to me, honestly.
1: Right. I totally agree. <clears throat> and I like what she said about his heart being in the right place. Cause I agree. Like I'm the, you know, we're not going to adjust the merits of what he's trying to do. If it's about social justice, mm-hmm. obviously that's really important, but you know, we've seen in the past year that LeBron James really cares about social justice. Mm-hmm. You know, he's put his money where his mouth is, but he's also a good teammate. He shows up, he plays, he's there for his guys when they need him. He doesn't take days off. He finds a way to still be invested in all these things, but he's still there for his team and his teammates when Kyrie isn't. And so to me, it just feels convenient. It just feels like an excuse. Like, I'm not doubting that Kyrie cares about these things,
0: but at the end of the
1: day, it just seems like he doesn't want to play. And so he's using whatever else is going on as an excuse because his heart is clearly not in basketball right now like because you can do both like you can care about social justice issues like lebron does like many others Mm -hmm. do and still play you know you can use the platform that's been given to you exactly to promote that and you don't have to step away to promote those things Mm -hmm. and so to me it's just clearly it's you know it seems obvious to everyone who's watching that he's just not invested in basketball right now he's not invested in the nets He's not invested in the game. And so, and he's just kind of, it seems like he's used to using this as an excuse. When in reality, he should just, if that's what he's going to do, just stand up and be a man about it and just be like, look, I'm just not feeling it. Like, yeah, it's pretty weak to just step away after eight games, but other people have done it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just wish he would be honest about it. Be honest with his teammates, be honest with himself and just be like, look, I'm just not invested. I'm stepping away. Mm -hmm. and like I would disagree with him doing it but at least he would be being honest and saying what's really on his mind instead of like it it, with Kyrie it always comes back to how stupid basketball is right Mm -hmm. like he's made his millions off of it the basketball is a stupid game and there's more important things and fans who are too invested in basketball are dumb and you know the media is just pawns and all this stuff when in reality he's just not that invested in it and he just yeah. can't be honest with himself or his teammates or the media or anybody. Just and, step away at that and point.
3: The, yeah, the worst part is, like, he got off to a really hot start. I think he was averaging somewhere 27, 28 points a game, shooting, like, 50% from as, three. As he
1: does every year.
3: he yeah, didn't miss. Really yeah, from 100% start. from the line. Didn't miss a free throw at all this season through eight games or so. But, like, Taylor just made a great point. Like, what better platform do you have – kind of now as a a professional athlete like you see how much influence if if fans are so invested in it don't you think that they would kind of follow and listen to you more if you use that platform to talk to them rather than like criticize them like that's how I feel like if you yell at somebody for something sure but if you kind of talk to them through it and make them understand I think that's all Kyrie has to does if he's a deep Mm -hmm. thinker like that he claims to be just explain your thoughts I'm sure people really want to know like what he's thinking and like being a pro athlete, we saw in the bubble, like, that was a great, like, display of how your platform can be taken and used to an advantage. But I feel like Kyrie, like I said, heart's in the right place, but the way he goes about it and his methods is what ends up making things misalign, which is sad to see because, like, he could be very influential if he kind of channeled it more.
2: Yeah, I mean, he stepped away to he stepped away from LeBron and them to be a leader. And he's totally turned into the opposite of that. Like, there's no need for him to go zero dark dark thirty on everybody, and don't tell anybody what's what's happening, because from if from our perspective, from the fan perspective, it just looks like he's just dipping, like peace out. We don't know anything because these are all rumors. He hasn't spoken about it, right? And so, like, oh. from our perspective, we see him stepping away. We see him on a Zoom call with his sister it does not look like he's working towards social justice because we haven't heard anything for, about it.
1: So it's just a weird situation for the Nets. Uh... Well, and what's really <laughs> stupid about it is like, I feel like, and this is just speculation on my part is in Kyrie's mind. He's like trying to be like an Ali or like a Jackie Robinson of like trying to devote his can... life right to a higher cause of, it's not just about sports. Like in, in I think it, when we look back, I think we'll look at LeBron the same way of like, you know, with the I promise school and all this stuff, like the impact he's made is incredible. And I think Kyrie wants that. And maybe even in his own mind, that's like who he is, of like representing people and being an inspiration and fighting for things greater than himself. But in reality he's not doing any of that. He's mm-hmm. just leaving yeah, his he's team making
3: excuses.
1: Right. He's just making Mm -hmm. excuses. He's leaving his teammates and those who are depending on him out to dry. Like, you're not not doing any of that stuff. Like, you're not Mm -hmm. actually making Mm -hmm. any kind of difference right now. Yeah, You're just sitting Mm -hmm. on your ass and just using all of this stuff as an excuse Mm -hmm. to just not play.
3: And I think, like, my last point about it, too, and I hate to even go here, but one person that Kyrie, like, was influenced by the most, like, loved dearly, didn't even play when this happened is when he like loves Kobe Bryant, right? Like the mob mentality, like Kobe loved him. Kyrie loved Kobe. He didn't even play last year when, you know, the tragedy Mm -hmm. happened with Kobe, but, and I know Kobe Bryant, like is a brilliant person. He was interested in a lot of things. He had a a different personality too, but one thing that Kobe never did was allow his thoughts to get in front of like his professionalism. And Mm -hmm. I think that if Kyrie, we're in that same class, which I believe he is like the same kind of mom mentality, like the thinking like Kobe wouldn't allow things to kind of deter him and like take him away from his mission, which I think Kyrie is ultimately doing. Like if you don't want to play basketball, we get it. But if you want to like lead for change, you have, you kind of have to focus that. And I think like Kobe would have done things a little bit differently, not to even get on that subject, but Mm -hmm. if he follows that school of thought, like, just think, like, what would Kobe have done in these kind of things, you know? If that's mm-hmm. his, like, mentor, per se.
2: I feel like he's just using, like, also, like, superstar status just to, like, get privileges. And, like, he's just making a fool out of everybody in that organization right now, especially KD. So, sad to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, is talking about a guy who shot two free throws on a torn Achilles, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you know, to show his toughness and to show how much he loved the game. And, like, Kyrie just doesn't have that. He doesn't love the game. Like that's what we're seeing Steve, right now. You know, Stephen A has kind of talked a lot about this, and he knows Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant probably better than anybody else in the media. And he's talking about Kevin Durant. <clears throat> and I hate this whole thing because I hate Kevin Durant. And stop trying to make me feel bad for him. I'm not going to. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I, know. But I, I hate do. him, too. But I, I, I kind of I I do. Him. I do Roasted. feel for him. And that's what I think is <laughs> you're trying to make Katie look like a good guy. And he's by not. comparison and i'm not buying it but anyway <clears throat> I but, totally Stephen a, but Stephen a was talking about kd and kd's love of the game and how he just loves how to play basketball like you can tell based on how he's come out of the gates how hard he rehabbed from mm-hmm. his injury mm-hmm. you know all of last season it, he makes it look easy but it's so hard to come off of a torn achilles and mm-hmm. make it look like it never happened that takes so much work it takes yeah. so much dedication Dude, to he craft.
3: looks better if not the yeah. same
1: to cut co- to come off an injury like that and to rehab as hard as he did to come back like it never happened mm-hmm. and so katie loves the game like he would play for yeah he would play for contract. free <laughs> he
3: would play for free <laughs> he he you wouldn't yeah. have to pay him
1: yeah. And, and some of that comes out in, like, his weird, like, behavior of, like, talking shit over burner accounts and stuff. But it's because he loves basketball at the end of mm-hmm. the day. And so. He's a
3: basketball. And because, junkie.
1: right. And because he's so concerned about his legacy that he's going to sell out and go to Golden State and all this stuff. He cares probably a little too much. That's KD's problem. or mm-hmm. Kyrie doesn't care enough. Yeah. enough. He's willing he's to just leave, polar
0: his, leave his teammates Fair out to drive
1: because he just doesn't care about the game enough and so it's kind of sad to see because like you're saying vj the man is an artist you know with Mm -hmm. the basketball in his hands and it's kind of a tragedy but and and with that it's kind of hard to predict what will happen next like i kind of predict that Kyrie has too much to lose you know the nets are talking about the nuclear option of you know voiding his contract and Stephen A is calling him to retire, but the most frustrating thing for me is probably none of that's going to happen. Kyrie's going to come to his senses probably,
0: and (laughs) come back,
1: and there won't really be any consequences. Like, the league will probably suspend him because he wasn't wearing a mask or whatever, but that'll be the end of it in two weeks. They'll they'll get a fine, and it'll be good. Right, and there won't be any consequences because of his superstar status, which is really frustrating that he can just pull shit like this and Nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I predict. But.
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%.
1: Like, he he just stands to lose too much. You know, he's projected to make $33 million this year. Mm-hmm. And so take out a few game checks and a fine, and he still stands to make $30 million yeah. this year. And because he's so talented, he can get away with antics like this. And everyone oh, yeah. know him. if we, if it was and anybody
2: like this
1: superstar status, he, they would have already been gone, I feel like. Yeah, it's tired. like, do you think Jared Allen can get away with this? Like, just no call, no yeah. show, and just be like, "Hey, I'm here, I'm ready to play." No, mm-hmm. he would already yeah. be cut. Oh yeah, so but fast. Kyrie is Kyrie, so he's gonna get away with it, and everyone mm-hmm. laugh it off, and oh, Kyrie being Kyrie, but comes back, <laughs>
2: drop fifty, and everything will be
1: fine. Yeah, everything will be fine. all right. From one diva to another, let's talk oh, about yes. before we get to the trade. Let's talk about James Harden and everything he did leading up to the trade. What happened with James Harden is once again, he decided that he was beefing with the NBA protocols, was caught again, breaking COVID protocols. And so then there was the press conference in the press conference. Oh my God. James Harden just straight up said that the situation would in Houston was bad and that it couldn't be fixed. And then he walked off the stage and then I've never seen this before. The Rockets just said, Anybody. don't come back.
3: <laughs> yeah. Don't
1: come back. Okay, you're, you're, A, exposing our whole team potentially to coronavirus. And so through contract tracing, we'll have to, you know, kick everybody out of the facility, basically. So there's that. But also you're just so cancerous that we will deal you before yeah. you will play you again. And so don't come oh, back.
3: Yeah. That trade happened in like two days,
1: (laughs) like not even, like literally a
3: day and a half.
1: (laughs) Not even, it was like 12 hours after that. They had Mm -hmm. a deal in place, essentially. And so, I for me, like my thoughts on James Harden is and it makes me mad that this is so effective. But he everything he did was so calculated and so smart, and it's so annoying that 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 it that this is how it works. I'm like you've demanded a trade because you're such a good player, and VJ, I'm sure you'll have some thoughts about, as you said, honey buns. And so, like his his value at the start of the season was so high that nobody can afford him. So he's just sitting there, and he's like, okay, so what if my I tank my own value to get out of here? And so he's not showing up to practice. He's not, he's breaking the league's COVID protocols left and right, totally out of shape. And so he's tanked his own trade values so that he (laughs) can get out of there. And it worked because eventually the Rockets threw up their hands and they took whatever was on the table. (laughs) And he is in fact out of there. So I'm so annoyed that James Harden gets his way. But I mean, if you're the Rockets, what else do you do? This is a guy who's like calling out his teammates. He's not on board. He won't even make himself eligible. He clearly did not work out a whole lot in the (laughs) offseason. So, like, what do you do? Like, you have Mm -hmm. no choice. You have to trade him. And it's Mm -hmm. so annoying that James Harden gets his way. But what do you do? I
2: mean, his master plan came to fruition, you know? (laughs) It's just so – it's just a crazy saga. And it's crazy that we have to talk about him week after week. But it's – the trilogy is finally over i don't know where i don't i hope we don't hear from him uh, except for his game maybe he'll get back in shape now i don't know but it's been it's been quite a ride with james harden man
3: man? listen you know i would never body shame anybody nor do i ever attack any of those you know it's your life do what you want to do but let's just say this man the stat sheet is not the only thing he's stuck okay (laughs) Um, so he, like I said, he, he ate his way out of Houston. Literally. Like I think with Taylor and Taylor just pointed it out. He literally, he dropped 44 his first, this is out of shape. Dropped 44 his first game. How? Was I don't re-
1: understand it. It's beyond
2: me.
3: Yeah. Like the YMCA dad bod is back in <laughs> because my man dropped 44. And he, I think he just kind of showed the league, like, look, I can go to the strip club and I'll also then very next night, give you 40. Now, I think that's why people kind of gave him a pass anyway. But after that, he's like, all right, I showed you what I can do. Now I'm going to drop my trade value a little bit. I'm not even going to try. Like, I'm going to stand around. <laughs> I'm going to stand around the court. Like, I'm really not going to play defense. Um, And then, like, the thing about the press conference the other day, so you lose to the Lakers, arguably the best team in the NBA, and then you, that's how you figure out if you're not that good. You lose to the best team in the league. Like, that – that's the barometer you want to go against. Like, I don't understand that logic, but to call your teammates out like that, to say flat out, we're not good enough, we're not talented enough, like, you just can't have that culture, like, around your players. Like, if I was in that locker room, I would have a problem with that. And I think DeMarcus Cousins said what everybody wanted to say. Like, the disrespect started way before, like, the the press conference. Like, showing up to training camp like that, like, dragging the saga through, not really talking to the head coach who... I feel bad for Steven Silas because for what it seems like, he's a really nice guy. Like, he's been around the game his whole life, but he's had to answer questions about, you know, Homer Simpson not wanting to come and play. And I just don't understand it. (laughs) (laughs) But – and I think John Wall hit it on the head too. Like, he's been around some teams where if it's about me, me, me all the time, you don't get anywhere. And it's just like why – I wonder why Houston drug it on this long because you just can't have this culture around your team. And I think um, another thing is, like, LeBron hits the turnaround three, you know, just going crazy. And, like, James Harden, I took that personally. That's kind of what it (laughs) reminds me of. Like, LeBron hits the turnaround three, making a mockery of the Rockets, and James Harden's like, all right, at this point, I quit. You know, Mm -hmm. and he's – I think, like what I said before, divas are kind of running the league. And Taylor's Mm -hmm. point, like, you can operate like this, purposefully, like, not play hard, you know, not, you know, be in shape and then you get your way it's kind of like you reward bad behavior in a way Mm -hmm. like if a little kid acts up you're like fine you can have that toy I think and that's what the NBA kind of did like they reward their superstars even if they're divas but I think the Rockets honestly they're better off without him now because you can't Mm -hmm. really have that kind of thing going around if you're trying to especially build something because they're like second to last in the west behind the Timberwolves at the current rate they were going so I think, if anything, they just kind of put a little pressure off themselves, literally and figuratively.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's just straight up
3: disrespectful. Oh, it's so disrespectful.
2: (laughs) Like, to have your superstar, like, the face of your team for the past eight years act like this, like, go out like this. Turn
3: down 50 million. Turn down 50 million.
2: million to get out. I don't understand why this didn't happen, like, sooner. And I've seen this a lot. Like, this doesn't happen in the NBA, like, that often. In soccer it happens a lot where they just leave the players out of their lineups and stuff like that and just wait for them to be traded. I've never seen like something like Mm -hmm. this this bad to somebody this relevant in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And I think there's just Houston enabling him and they Mm -hmm. kept enabling Mm -hmm. till the last minute and yeah this worked out worse for them.
3: Doesn't it make you have more respect for guys like Kevin Durant? LeBron, and the guys who are, like, major stars who play out their contracts, no matter how frustrated they might be, like, they're not doing this kind of stuff. Like, Draymond Green called KD, the, we, you know what, some you don't call an no other grown man. And then, like, although KD was unhappy, he still played. He came back on a, like, basically he, he tore his Achilles trying to win another championship, even though he was that frustrated. But then you have James Harden here who's like, I'll do whatever I can just to not play. And it's like you got to have respect for guys. Even if they're frustrated, they're going to play it out just because they actually respect the game. So it's just it's, – it. you hate to see it because these great players acting this way, it kind of sets a, a – it, it's the NBA, the diva mentality, and the AAU, you know, culture cater to players basically.
1: Do you guys remember that part in Avengers Endgame? Or no, maybe it was Infinity War where Thanos actually like did the snap – and then he sees his daughter, Gamora, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, did you do it? And he was like, yes. And she asks him, what did it cost? Yeah. He says, everything. And that's what it's like with James Harden. It's like, you know, he shows up in Brooklyn. Like, did you get out of Houston? Yes. <laughs> what did it cost? <laughs> everything. <laughs> like, this is an absolute master class of how to get out of a team that you're under contract for between the being totally out of shape, between the COVID protocols, between calling out your teammates. He absolutely forced the hand of Houston to say, he's going to lose so much trade value if we don't do something. And he's so cancerous to our team. We have no choice, but to deal him. But at the end of the day, what did it cost James Harden of who knows over time if his how it's going to tarnish his legacy if houston like because he deserves to have his number in the rafters in houston at some point mm-hmm. but like are they even going to be interested in that of like there's going to be some sore feelings between a the fans be the front office in houston of he made a mockery of them and then forced them to deal him and so it cost him a lot more than he realizes, but he did get his way and he is in Brooklyn. So, I mean, everybody's hands are tied, but it cost him a lot more than I think he realizes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, I, I think it tarnishes his legacy in a lot of ways. And we'll see if, I mean, you got to think at some point, Houston will come around and do the right thing and, you know, put his numbers in the rafters and, in Houston but who knows there could be even some know. leads from this for a long time of I don't think yeah. fans, he's left a you know sour taste in everybody's mouths and mm-hmm. so he did get his way but it cost him a lot more than I think he realizes mm-hmm. and it's, I mean I, I think DeMarcus Cousins like said it best of he didn't he never gave this team a chance he was so determined exactly out that he barely showed up barely played you know he he was never willing to give this team a chance and that was so disrespectful to his teammates to give absolutely no cares to not treat you know not not be ready at all to not give them a chance to not play for them you know it's so disrespectful i i mean he did get his way but like i like i keep saying it you know his image is really tarnished now so yeah, yeah I, I don't to your point i don't think they
2: gonna put his banner up, like, his name in the rafters, because, because of what just happened. I think this is something so uh, hard on the team that, like, because he left them with, basically, the image of them being clowns for the past eight years. You yeah. had one one player Play you like a fool, do whatever he mm-hmm. wants, take extra days off, and to, just to go to strip clubs, and this all came out. So like, it's not something you can go back on.
3: Yeah, it's
2: not like they never told it was just him. Rumors. No, rumors. Exactly. Yeah, it's not like it was just rumors. This is something that is out there and that is like, not like public knowledge now, and I I don't see why they would raise his name in the rafters because they they didn't even win anything, you know. He did win the MVP, and but other than that, there's not much else. There's these big names up there like Hakeem Olajuwon, and I don't think his name
1: should be up there with it. And I mean, spe- speaking of which, like there's a right way to do this and a wrong way to do this. People act like great players never request a trade, but I mean that's not true. Like you're talking about Hakeem Olajuwon, like I only learned recently that there was a time he demanded a trade from Houston. Mm-hmm. He publicly demanded a trade out of Houston. He had disagreements with the ownership, with the coaches, but he still gave Houston a chance, and he kept playing. You know, mm-hmm. he still cared about his teammates, mm-hmm. and so he kept playing, and eventually they settled out all their differences, and he stayed in Houston. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know the rest. Hall of Famer, maybe the greatest mm-hmm. big man ever. Kobe like, did too. Yeah, I mean, Kobe Bryant did it at one point. Scottie they, they
3: won Pittman two rings played. after yeah yeah i mean scotty pippen
1: once demanded a trade out of chicago but michael jordan convinced him to keep going because those guys cared about their teammates they cared about their legacy it wasn't just about them
3: like yeah, it's okay like,
1: to want a different a change of pace not just a the number two season. with a
3: sprite man right <laughs>
1: Like, it's okay to be like, you know what? I don't think this is it. But just to be so disrespectful to your teammates and the organization, I think yeah. is what's really wrong about the whole situation mm-hmm. of like, yeah. it's okay to be like, and honestly, it can be beneficial. Like I said before, if it's so much better to trade a superstar than to, you know, they just walk and you get nothing out of it. There is a way where you can both win, but James Harden did it in such a disrespectful fashion that it just, I think, it, like Dion saying, it really tarnishes his legacy. Mm-hmm. And that he wanted out so badly, and he yeah. wanted away so badly that acted like that, a child. That he acted like a toddler throwing a fit, kind of crazy. All right, yeah. so now that we've talk- addressed both Harden and Kyrie individually, let's talk about the actual deal. So, if I remember correctly, so Houston gets Oladipo. Houston yep. gets four first-round picks. From the Nets. Four pick swaps, I believe.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, three pick swaps and another
1: first rounder. Jared Allen was also in the trade. And Karis LeVert. But Mm -hmm. Karis LeVert ended up in Indiana. Love that. And so, with the three major teams involved, guys, where do we think they are today? So, the Nets get James Harden. The Pacers get Karis LeVert. And the Rockets get Jared Allen and Oladipo. Plus four first round pick. So who came
3: out on top in
1: this?
2: Wait, Ger- Ger- Jared Allen went to Cleveland, though.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot about Cleveland. So Jared
3: Allen. Yeah, that was Cleveland. weird that they were involved. Yeah, in kind it. of a yeah. weird.
1: Yeah, it's a weird, kind of a weird. I think they but... needed
3: a fourth team to make it work, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So just take Jared Allen out of the equation, then mm-hmm. another center in Cleveland. Tough. <laughs> but... Tough.
3: God. tough
1: But God. okay. So between Indiana. Houston and Brooklyn where do we think these teams are post-trade
3: um I think honestly this was easy for me because like you would think that the team that gets the superstar is the winner but honestly like I think Indiana made out really nicely here I think I like we said last mm-hmm. week the Pacers are hard nose and Sabonis and Turner are already like I love that front court but you telling me now you get a backcourt of Brogdon and Karis Levert? Like, automatically that just sounds like amazing to me. So I think Indiana made out really nicely in this I yeah, I mean I,
1: mean, I, I totally agree of hasn't looked like himself so far. Yeah so who knows if he comes back to full strength or not. Like Indiana made the safe choice of their this is a team this is a move that a contender would make. Okay, Mm -hmm. you get the guaranteed underrated player in Karis LeVert who hasn't gotten the minutes or the shots yet, but has played really, really well with the opportunities he's been given.
3: Mm -hmm. He's a team Give up a bigger name. Mm -hmm.
1: And Oladipo at this point, like maybe he comes back to full strength, but he's more of a name than a commodity at this point of his game hasn't been there yet. And who knows if it will come back to what it will be, you know, pre-injury. And so they're trading a wild card for an established player, and I think it's a great move for the Pacers.
2: Yeah, yeah I
3: love that. Oh yeah, um, yeah. They,
2: they they got the perfect player. Like it's basically Old depot before injury, but
1: a little bit better because
2: yeah. he, yeah. he's a
3: team guy. Yeah.
1: yeah, he he would give it all for you. Like you Ol- see, Oladipo. He, is a much bigger name, mm-hmm. but today Karis Levert is a better like, player.
3: Pro- oh yeah. production wise,
1: oh, yeah. like you're getting more from Karis mm-hmm. Levert. I mean, this I man mean, just had 45 player. points in last night.
2: <laughs> it's so efficient.
1: And yeah, so yeah. I, I think I agree that I think Indiana made out really well.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I I think Houston. Um, I I actually thought Houston didn't do too bad either. Like they got a haul for James Harden, <laughs> and honestly, like I know we were just talking about all the depot, but if he can get to a little bit of his form, he's going to have a ton of shots in Houston, honestly. And I think you give me a lineup of Boogie, Seawood, uh, Boogie Seawood, John Wall, Oladipo, and PJ Tucker. I'm not really mad at that, honestly. And you give me Eric Gordon off the bench. Like, that's a quality team to me. And mm-hmm. then I think if honestly the Nets, I, I don't know if we're talking like who did the worst. I'm not saying they did like it's terrible for them, but you gave up. A lot for James. So you gave up your best defenders and Torian and Prince and Jared Allen. Now you have an aging DeAndre Jordan who's 32 who is just playing because he's best friends with Kyrie and KD. And you have three open roster spots. So now you don't have any depth. Like your best guy coming off the bench is look I can't even pronounce his name. TLC, I'm gonna just call him. <laughs> Something <laughs> cab cabaru, Cabinu- Cabaru.
1: Care- <laughs> I
2: don't
3: know. I don't, yeah, exactly. We're cool. basketball
1: guys and we have no idea who this guy is. Yeah,
3: exactly. Never That's to tell
1: him. you with the state of the Nets bench right now.
3: Yeah, and it's just I, I but I'll let you guys go, but I'm just saying if that, if I had to rank this trade, I would go Indiana, Houston, Brooklyn. I mean, I stand I by Cavs what I said.
1: Above Brooklyn too. I stand <laughs> by what I said earlier. Of the the true loser was the Strip Clubs in Houston. But after that, the clear loser of oh. this trade to me is Brooklyn. Like, in our group chat, we said somebody is about to get a Black Friday deal for James Harden. Uh, <laughs> Houston, after you know everything that James Harden pulled, had no negotiating power. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows they have to get rid of him, like, today. And yet, Brooklyn gives up four first-round picks— four pick swaps and their entire bench for an out of shape, unmotivated James Harden. When you already have Kyrie drama, what are you doing? What are you doing? You have two ISO players and you just gave up your entire bench and future for a third. Like, what are you going to do? Swap Kevin Durant for Paul George. Now, what are you
3: doing? Oh, God. (laughs) four first rounders what isn't he 30 isn't he 31 Mm -hmm. or 32 already too like isn't Mm -hmm. james kind of old oh yeah and they're all like the contract
1: he doesn't fit your team yes he's a top five player but you already have two iso players assuming one of them comes back assuming and you don't have to cut him like this is a horrible idea And I don't understand why they're so ready to pull the trigger. This is not going to work. You already Mm -hmm. have so much drama, and you're giving up the young and steady players for another dramatic ISO player. Like, that doesn't play. Oh my gosh, (laughs) what are you doing? That's horrible. (laughs) Your defense is already so bad, and you gave up your best rim protector. This. And one of their best wing defenders, too. I don't even think Chris this Willard. will work in 2K.
3: Like this is <laughs> no, not at all.
1: You're not even already with the badge. Underperforming, your one of your superstars is literally missing, and you trade for James Harden. What are you doing? This could go down in history as the worst trade of all time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this, this talk about the Danny Nets Yang. who swapped three pick first round picks for Kevin Durant or Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Like yeah. four pick swaps and four first rounders. Wow! Like I thought Brooklyn was going to take advantage, and they didn't. Whatsoever. I don't understand what they're
2: doing. They give away twelve players, like potentially twelve players, for James Damn. Harden.
1: Eight picks for actual players. I I literally. Could, cannot with Brooklyn. This is
3: <laughs> <yeah>.
1: <laughs> you already had a ton of buckets on your team assuming Kyrie comes back what you needed was depth and defense and you traded away all of your depth and all of your defense for more buckets. I don't understand it at all. Basketball is a l- just a little bit more than having scoring a lot of points. Okay, there are a few more things that go into it, and I think your subpar start would have taught that to you, but it did not. Okay, I'm done. This is so weird. Like,
2: they they have absolutely no defense. Like, I know we're like making it a big deal out of it, but it's actually true. Like, they have nothing. Okay, literally none. You you can get you can get like 160 points a game, but it does nothing if you give up 165. You know, I I'm just thinking of like their starting lineup right joe harris and jeff green or whoever they're going to start at center they're just going to be donuts
1: donuts jeff green
3: in i guess re, yeah And a yeah,
1: million
2: unless rebounds.
3: you want deandre jordan
1: is <laughs> ridiculous i'm at a loss i really am
2: yeah i think we like, all looked why? at our phone and people, just like took a moment of silence
1: <laughs> people oversimplify basketball uh, in the nba you just need stars the reason the Los Angeles Lakers work is not just because they have two superstars in LeBron and AD, but they also have depth and their stars' games complement each other. LeBron is a superstar, but he's unselfish. He feeds the ball to other people and is efficient on offense, and AD is a volume scorer who also plays defense. Their games complement each other. You can't just stick three superstars together. Any three superstars and just expect them to play well. Some combinations yeah. will not work well. Mm-hmm. And James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant is one of those combinations. There are some others. You can't just stick three-volume score, any three-volume scores together and expect it to work. Mm-hmm. The reason the Celtics yeah. are good is because they have two stars whose games complement each other: mm-hmm. Milwaukee, the Lakers, the Clippers. You have to have stars, but their their games have to mesh well together. And yeah. Brooklyn's isn't going to. It's not that hard at all. It's, it really is not. Like I, that's the perfect description. <sighs> yeah,
2: like,
3: like I you don't eat better. all your favorite foods at the same time. Like you don't eat everything you like at the same time. Like you space out a little bit. Like you're making a good soup. You don't put everything in it at once. Like you add certain things and see what the flavor is. But now you add all this. And then poor Steve Nash. Like, a first-year coach has to figure out – he's been through more than most coaches go through in, like, the three whole, seasons. And one whole like... career. Shit. Yeah. Like, how is he supposed to figure this out as a first-year coach? And I think Dan Tony probably rolled his eyes like, God damn it, James, follow me here. Like, he's probably like, I got to <laughs> deal with this again. <laughs> I got to watch this guy dribble for, like, oh, 24 my... seconds. And my biggest question is – Who's going to be Chris Bosh, right? Who's going to be the third guy who sacrifices? Because Chris Bosh was probably the most Mm. unselfish guy in that Miami Big Three. Like, Ray Allen went from averaging like 26 to 17 in Boston. Like, Kevin Love went from going 20 and 15 in Minnesota to like 16 and 10. So you tell me, like, is Kyrie okay? He didn't want to be Robin to LeBron's Batman. Now he's Alfred to Batman and Robin. (laughs) basically he's going literally like you know on the little part of the bike where you have on the side like the bicycle then you have like a little carriage that's Kyrie like he's gonna be on the side like he is third willing hardcore because you tell me instantaneously he he woke up as the third best player on the Brooklyn Nets like he went to sleep a congress member slash zoom advocate and he woke up the third best player on a team he was the first person to go to Mm -hmm. So you tell me how that makes sense. There
1: there are so many layers to this. Uh, First of all, there are so many layers to it of just ignore personalities. Okay. Mm -hmm. There are some pairings of superstars that just like wouldn't work. Like take um, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, and Giannis on the same team, all superstars, Mm -hmm. but that team wouldn't work for the exact same reasons that we're saying of they're all Mm -hmm. Actually, that would be slightly better than the Nets because Giannis isn't so much. But anyway, like those are all guys who like to have the ball, who like to do things with the balls in their hand, and that doesn't work because the ball can only go so many places. And there's only one
2: ball, (laughs) not three.
1: And then you add personalities in of what James Harden's personality has been this season, coupled with Kyrie Irving's personality and... You just have a recipe for disaster, let alone g- the game doesn't work with the three of them. The personalities, sure as hell, do not work because you have three soft, weak minded superstars where Katie so far has been the leader and has been stalwart. But well, they don't have, you have James now, right? Harden and Kyrie Irving. One of them is literally missing and one of them was literally willing to sabotage their own legacy to get off their last team. I'm I'm at a loss. This is horrible.
3: Yeah. Honestly, it, I think really what it comes down to, and I could be wrong. It's just speculation. I think Brooklyn just bought some insurance for Kevin, for Kevin Durant. Like they don't want to put pressure on a guy coming off Achilles surgery. And if they don't know if they can count on Kyrie, they're like, okay, let's just get another guy. Uh, We, maybe we get another second guy. Cause obviously The other running mate isn't going to be here. So why not? Let's just see if we can go all in and get this guy. For the off chance, Kyrie might not come back. So let's just get some insurance for Kevin Durant's sake and not put pressure on a 32-year-old guy coming off Achilles surgery. Like, that's what it reads to me, too. Like, sure, they Mm -hmm. add another star. But really, I think Brooklyn's thinking, like, yeah, maybe this Kyrie thing might not play out. At least we have something we can go with the back end.
2: Even, even like, yeah, I get that. But, like, even if that's the truth – like they give away half of their team, more to over half of their team. And terrible, they, terrible idea. If Kyrie so. doesn't come back, there's not much left. There's KD and James Harden, yeah. and nothing else, like a desert. Like,
3: name, name three mm. other players on their bench, because I couldn't. I Besides Caribbean Caribou or wherever his name is, <laughs> I couldn't even name.
1: I know Joe Harris is still on the team. Yep, it's I think
3: it. he might be a starter. He's a
1: starter. He might be a starter. But and I'm saying I have on no, the bench, no idea.
3: That's what I'm saying. I don't saying. even know
1: who you guys are talking about with the funny name. No clue who that even is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Ty- our point.
3: <laughs> Tyler Caribbean Salad care. I don't know, but he's on the team. And yep. that's all I can name. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Oh, I got this. This makes me so bad because I, I got into an argument with my brother today about this too. He said people don't think it's going to work because Harden can distribute the basketball. And I just about threw my phone because Harden has been averaging eight and 11 assists. Yeah, that's true, he's been, he's, he can dish the ball out. But when has he ever been playing with two other scorers like this? Mm-hmm. And then like, I got left on red because he couldn't respond to me. Like he just didn't know what to say. Because I was like, you tell me when Harden has ever played with two other guys like he's had to like do this with. He hasn't. So sure he's averaging, I think he's averaging 10 assists now. But like, who was he, who was he really playing with? You, you telling me now he's going to be able to share the ball like he was in Houston? when his other scoring mate wasn't really looking to shoot the ball that much. This is exactly. not the same. It's well, it, really not the same. And
1: it hasn't worked with James Harden with complimentary superstars. In like the you past, think about yeah. Chris Paul and Dwight Howard back in the day. Yeah. Those are complimentary players. Those are guys whose games complement James Harden's game. Yeah. And it still didn't work. So you're trying to tell me with two superstars who do not compliment his game, suddenly it'll work. No shot. Mm-hmm.
2: You're telling me that Katie's gonna become a spot up shooter? Not, not a chance in hell. This is not gonna happen.
3: I don't know if you can't play with Chris Paul, who's a pure point guard. I don't really know what else you you're looking for. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, Chris West Paul Westbrook
1: has the Ru- has has the rug rat sons looking like one of the best teams in the NBA, mm-hmm. and you couldn't make it work
3: with him. Yeah, yeah. but they that's just how it was. They they gave James Harden everything he wanted every season he wanted something new they ran it by him he approved it signed off Mm -hmm. and he threatened he threatened to ask for a trade they didn't get Westbrook it didn't work out so then he asked for a trade after something he picked you Mm -hmm. wanted Dwight didn't work you wanted CP3 didn't work you know we brought Mello in for 10 games Ah, I don't like that either we bought Westbrook in here I mean what else could they have done but now this oh yes Kyrie, Katie, and James Harden. <laughs> this is it. Like, this is gonna work. And somehow yeah, no, no defenders.
1: With Houston as dumb as they are making all those moves for James Harden, Brooklyn still couldn't fleece them and sent mm-hmm. their entire future to them for some reason for a player that not many people wanted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like, what are you thinking?
3: Yeah. If somebody wanted James Harden, they would have traded for him already. Like, if if somebody really wanted, if you, if somebody really wanted you, like a top five player, there's no way a team isn't calling like yesterday offering Mm -hmm. everything. That just shows you his trade value went down. And honestly, like I was saying before, what you produce on the court, it might not eclipse who you are as a player and as a teammate. Like, why, why deal, like Kyrie, like, why deal with the headache? Sure, you can dribble real nice and you can lay the ball up like nobody else can, but are you worth dealing with all that? And if I know you might not even show up or, if you show up, you might be 30 pounds overweight. You know, who knows? Who
1: knows? Like, if, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, this is how the call should have went. Like, ring, 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 ring. Hey, Houston, heard you got to deal James Harden, like, today. What do you want for him? <laughs> how about four first-rounders, Karis Lavert and Jared Allen? Okay, I'll call back when you're reasonable. Click. <laughs> and yeah. then Houston calls back and be like, okay, we got to deal him today. You're the only team that wants him, except for the yeah. Sixers. It's like, how do you not use your leverage better when you don't need James Harden in the first place? I think it speaks to your point, VJ, of they must be feeling the pressure of the Kyrie situation. Of this was supposed to be their year, and it's going down in flames, and so they have to do something to save it. And to me, they must be feeling the pressure from that because this is idiotic for them. I just, I just don't understand. Like,
2: even you said they have three roster spots to fill, right?
3: Yeah, 3-0. How are probably. they going to
2: fill them if they have nothing to trade?
3: Been trying to figure it out all day. Are they,
2: are they going to go get somebody from the YMCA? Like,
3: what's happening? And no here? cap space,
2: by the way. Exactly. Yeah. No cap space. Like, you got
3: to – yeah. All right. I wouldn't even play. I wouldn't even play. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's <laughs> – I mean, I, I could go on and on. Yeah. But weird situation all the way around. But what do you do?
2: It wasn't even unexpected because we've heard – that he'd been wanting to go there. It's just I how quick and how, like, the details of it went down. Yeah. It so made crazy. absolutely no sense. Absolutely absolutely no sense. I don't even know where Cleveland comes in. So, so crazy. <laughs> how, how did Cleveland came in? They just got two players and gave up nothing. Maybe just da- Dante Exum. Yeah, no <laughs> so That's
1: confused.
3: a huge loss for them. Huge I am loss. so confused. Franchise cornerstone. Yeah,
1: they could not afford to give up Dante Exum, but they did. I mean, how do you afford to let seven points and two assists walk like that?
3: A whopping seven points. The thing, they Shooting give
1: 35% protection. from the field. <laughs> For Jared Allen, basically.
3: They have like six centers now. Yeah, I well, don't know who's cool going to play
1: now. You still have Larry Nance and Andre Drummond. But... Mm-hmm. Kevin, loves, Kevin coming back. love's coming back. They have 38 rim protectors. Not single <laughs> shots going in. Boy, getting <laughs> boards in Cleveland. Oh, man. <laughs> Good luck trying to go in the paint there. What, Andre Drummond's in foul trouble? No problem. No, no, no sweat. <laughs> no
3: issue. No problem.
1: <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. All right, let's touch on the NBA COVID protocols mm-hmm. real quick. So the league is really trying to batten down the hatches on the league protocols, and players are not happy. George Hill going as far as saying that he's a grown man and the NBA can't tell him what to do and stuff. So (laughs) what do we think of, what do we think of all this COVID protocols and stuff? I just think that it was
2: inevitable. It was going to happen at some point. I had no doubt that this was going to happen. That's why I was saying like, go back to the bubble because otherwise this will happen. Um, And now everybody's complaining and blah, blah, blah. But like they all need to adjust, (laughs) especially now that there's, the fifth wave or whatever, whatever way we're on right now. Uh, cause if you want the season to come back to like normal, you're going to have to do make sacrifices because already what 10, 15 games have been postponed. That's ridiculous. Come on. Now. Uh, damn.
1: Like the league's protocols have gotten a little out of control. Like I'm kind of with players on this of like, they're saying you have to have like your mask on or, like around extended family and stuff. And like, to me, it just says, like, if you have to have that strict of protocols, why aren't we going to a bubble again? Of like, That's if you're going to be that restrictive of like people can't see their families and stuff anyway, and the bubble works so well, then why not just go back to that?
3: Yeah, I'm right there. You either, either
1: kind of have to just run the risk and let your players live your, their lives still, or you have to go to a bubble and let people opt out or
3: whatever. Mm-hmm. I like, I agree. Like, the bubble was my thought all along. Like, how NCAA, like, the tournament will be in Indiana exclusively. Like, that's where they're going to host all 60-something teams. I think the NBA should have did that already. Like, why not go to a bubble? If you saw how well it worked in Orlando, like, dude, set that up now. You got the money for it, honestly. Like, if you're still getting that revenue from not canceling the season, I would say set up the bubble and just kind of run it there. Like, that's the most successful way to do Do it. Otherwise, like – these restrictive protocols, like I didn't even know the one Taylor just said, we have to wear a mask around extended family. It kind of makes George Hill's point seem all that more like relevant. If we got to do all this, either why are we playing A or why are we not just playing in a bubble where we're kind of how we prove it to be successful. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think the, the cancellations to your point, Dion, like even with those they're doing contact tracing and that sounds impossible. So mm-hmm. Jason Tatum was guarded by Bradley Beal for like, are you going to say, are you going to like give get that a percentage? Like if he was per, guarded by this guy 80% of the time, he must have had some close contact. Oh, we have to put him in a quarantine. Or if this guy was guarding so-and-so now, did did he slap his did he slap his hand at practice or you know it, it's just kind of ridiculous at this point and it makes george hill just seem all the more right like mm-hmm. how would you how are you going to go about this if you have to meddle it down so hard
1: it's coming off as overprotective especially when you consider that the nfl like the ultimate yeah. close contact sport doesn't have anything like that and it's still going pretty well like the playoffs are going off pretty much without a hitch so far so like why are you feeling the need to be that much more you know restrictive like mm-hmm. it, it, like you're saying it doesn't make any sense and it seems like so over the top at this point that yeah. it is becoming almost laughable like i don't see like I mean...
2: what the advantage is to have teams go all over the country every every other night you know just have them all in one spot have them all under the same protocol you had in the
3: go to hawaii go to maui make it island style like what
1: i know for a fact there's courts in the bahamas you know Mm
3: -hmm. yeah there are worse things exactly yeah look it it, to what we're saying too like i just think the nba and everyone was just we were all talking about who's going to win the championship who's going to win mvp like we kind of skipped the pandemic part of the season. We're like, oh, it's just going to be perfect. Everything's going to be fine. But (laughs) now you see like some coaches couldn't even go to the bubble because they were like older at risk. Like Mm -hmm. Lionel Hollins couldn't go with the Lakers. But now coaches are flying normally. They're around everybody. They're at practice. So it's like what changed from then until now that everything is like back up and, you know, running. And then like, in March, when Rudy Gobert first tested, everybody started freaking out and, like, everything shut down. Now, players, if they have an inconclusive test, they can still go play. Like, what logic or sense does that make? Like, if we don't know if you have it or not. Well, you can still go out there and suit up. Like, Jonas Valanciunas, he got pulled off the bench in the middle of a game because he didn't have an inconclusive test. And then it came back and they were like, oh, in the middle of a game when he's already out there been sweating, okay, now it makes sense to take him out. Seth Curry got pulled out of the Sixers game in the middle of it because he had an inconclusive test. If this was March, they would have been like, if you get tested and it's inconclusive, you can't play. But now they're like, we're just going to bum rush the season by any means necessary, but we're going to put these protocols in place. Therefore, deal with it. And if you're a player, you're like, what am I really doing? Like, I don't understand why we have to do this. If we're not going to do a bubble, why are we being so protective? Because we're, we're just going in circles then.
2: Yeah, it's, especially like – and the part that even makes no sense is you could just be out for one game for due to COVID protocol. Right. Like yeah. Zion, the other night, he was out for one night.
3: Killing like, my fantasy. Team.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's going to have
2: like these random like players sit out games.
3: I mean, it's just
1: like a bad look of like, first mm-hmm. of all, how are you not testing in time to have results by the start of the game? Exactly, it's it takes like 30 makes minutes. It no sense, like, and the <laughs> makes no sense to the players. Like, I don't think anybody wants to see a bubble again. Like, mm-hmm. the you know, it would suck for the players to have to be there for like five months potentially. But the way they're handling it makes no sense, and so they just need to ease off a little bit, kind of mm-hmm. get their shit together and their testing and everything, and just kind of figure it out. I'll be ex- or like, it seems like the NBA could probably pull their strings you know, pull some strings and get 200 doses of the vaccine for starting players exactly. and stuff. Like, I know, like, it's kind of a bad look of like, oh, they're just spoiled athletes. They get the, you know, vaccine before everybody else or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 200 doses. Like, are we really going to miss that many so that we can just have uninterrupted basketball? I don't think
3: so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then from there, like, if players have antibodies, you can use that, you know, to kind of combat it too. Because I know Mark is smart when he tested positive. He was, like, donating his, like, um, I think he was helping out with the research. So if you have players who have antibodies we are obviously, like, fighting this, I think that could go a long way too, but I don't know. It just seems like if it gets this out of control, like, the NBA has to step in and do something rather than just put in stricter protocols. Because, one, if you have unhappy athletes, like, already, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, why even go through with it if you're going to put in all these stipulations?
1: Strange times indeed. Hopefully, <laughs> the NBA and life in the age of COVID will be over soon with everything that's happening. But oh, yeah. Benny, you it? if you guys are listening to this, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for your support for listening. If you it's have thoughts rest. on Harden or Kyrie or the trade in general, go ahead and hit us up on Instagram, DM us, let us know what you think. And as always, we really appreciate you guys' support. Thanks so much for listening. Peace, Peace out.